1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has taken over the Big Easy for the Sunbelt Conference Media Days. It's time for a special Sunbelt Media Days edition of RP3 and Company, presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Now, here's your big, bald, beautiful host, RP3. Uh, good morning and welcome to RP3 and Company as we broadcast live once again from Radio Row inside the Hotel Sheraton for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. Day two is upon us and day one was immensely interesting. A big theme came out of day one here about how just difficult the East Division is going to be, nicknamed the Beast Division, because you're adding James Madison, Old Dominion, and Marshall to a division that already has Georgia State, App State, and Coastal Carolina. So it's going to be a bit of a dogfight, at least for the next few years in the East. Today will be the West, and we have a jam-packed show lined up for you today as we have Coach after coach after coach joining us on this hump day edition of RP3 and company. It's all going to start off with Coach Des. That's right. The Raging Cajun head man will join us at straight up 7 o'clock. That will be followed by Terry Bowden from ULM around 7.15, We'll wrap up hour number two with Kane Womack from South Alabama. And then the third and final hour this morning will be with the Texas State head football coach, then followed by Butch Jones at Arkansas State, and finally, former Raging Cajun offensive coordinator, now Southern Miss head coach, Will Hall. So, got a (laughs) jam-packed edition of the show, but we still would love to hear from you, obviously. Hotline is always open, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We're going to talk to you on... Some New Orleans Saints reporting for training camp. We'll hear from new coach Dennis Allen. He addressed the media yesterday. And you heard Steve Wiley talk about it in the two-minute drill that Tyron Matthew will be excused at least for the first few days of training camp. We'll dive into that. And also, we'll dive into what Commissioner Keith Gill had to say yesterday. He let us know about an expanded deal with ESPN plus which means more baseball more softball more basketball games will be able to be on that platform we'll dive into some other things that he had to say that'll be coming up this hour as well but we're going to start off the day talking about the Houston Astros after beginning the second half of the season so strong sweeping the New York Yankees in a doubleheader there on Thursday of last week. Then they go out and they snap Seattle's 14-game winning streak. Mariners, hottest team in baseball. And they took care of them fairly easily over the weekend. Verlander was superb. Five-game winning streak. Then they go to Oakland, and it's been a struggle. Back-to-back losses now for the Strohs against one of the worst teams in baseball. Last night they drop it 5-3. to three. Chad Pender hits a grand slam. 
that puts the A's out front, and they really never looked back after that. Garcia gets roughed up. Another so-so performance by him. That follows Jake Odorizzi having a kind of another so-so performance the night before. And look, I've said this all season long. The A's are an absolute dumpster fire. Their ownership is not committed to winning. Their ownership is trying to lose as many games as possible. They traded away their assets. They let other guys walk. They even took Billy Bean and pushed him aside, and he doesn't even have that much of a role with the organization this year. They're trying their best to be awful, to be the worst team in baseball. But those players still are competitors. They may not be the biggest stars. They may not have the most recognized names. They may not be all-stars. That doesn't matter. They still go out there, and they're trying to hustle, and they're trying to compete. And the A's always played the Astros tough. Always have. It's what they do. And I've said it before, every time they're going to meet, it's going to be like the World Series for Oakland. They are going to try their best, their absolute best, to take down the Astros. And they've done so back-to-back games. Garcia, who gives up the Grand Slam, Pitched five and two-thirds, gave up the four runs, all earned. Also walked four. He did strike out seven. But not a great performance by him. Not what you're wanting to see. And look, they established that early on. Pinder hits that grand slam in the third inning. Now, Tucker, all-star for the Astros, he gets a solo shot, a monster shot that goes 425 feet in the fourth inning. Then Alvarez hits a double that scores Pena in the fifth. That makes it 4-2. to two. Then Bregman reaches on an infield single, and they score a run there as Alvarez scores on a throwing error. Yet another Astro run being scored via throwing error. We've seen a lot of those in the last few weeks. That makes it 4-3 to three in the fifth. But... The A's get the insurance run that they needed. Kemp doubles to deep right, bringing in a run there in the eighth to make it 5-3. to three. And Oakland's pitching, they, they went through five pitchers, but late they were able to get the job done and kind of stop the bleeding, so to speak. Their bullpen was good enough to get the 5-3 win. Now, for the Strohs, they'll get back to action this afternoon. They'll wrap up this series against Oakland on the road. And they'll do so. First pitch scheduled for 237. You can listen to that game on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. Obviously, we're going to be here from Sunbelt Conference Media Days. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll be on from 4 to 6, closing out, closing up, closing out, rather, our media day coverage from last week when we were in Atlanta for SEC and this week being here in New Orleans for Sunbelt. And Matt's got Coach Dez and players scheduled for this afternoon. So Astros, Athletics, game three of this series. Strohs are trying to avoid being swept at the hands of the Athletics. Didn't think you'd hear that coming out of my mouth this year. 
But here we are trying to avoid the sweep, and that'll happen later on this afternoon. Once again, 237 first pitch, and you can listen to that game on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM, the talk of Acadiana. Is this a huge deal for the Strohs? Not really. Look, baseball is a very long season, 162 games. And every team, great team, it does not matter. You look at the Astros, World Series title team from 2017. You look at the other two years they made it to the World Series. They had stretches where they lost a handful of games here and there and did so against teams they shouldn't have lost to. This is part of baseball. It just is. They sweep the Yankees, they sweep the Mariners, then they're on the <laughs> they're on the edge of being swept by the Athletics, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. This is how baseball this is just how baseball works. So once again, Strohs will look to get back on track this afternoon when they take on the Athletics and try to avoid being swept. We'll stay with baseball here, give a little recognition to some players that we care about, that you care about, rather. The LSWA All-Louisiana baseball team was released, and the Raging Cajuns landed four players on the All-Louisiana team, which is a pretty big deal. Carson Rockefort, Connor Kimple, Bo Bonds, and Julian Brock all earned LSWA honors. Rockefort was the lone player to land on the first team squad. Brock, Bonds, and Kimple earned second team honors from the LSWA. But it wasn't only the Raging Cajuns, of course. No, 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 no. Not only the Raging Cajuns. Cam Foster was named the LSWA Pitcher of the Year. The young man from McNeese was selected as the Pitcher of the Year with the All-Louisiana baseball team. He was recently drafted by the New York Mets in the 14th round of this year's amateur draft. Also earned first-team All-Louisiana honors with outfielder Peyton Harden, who garnered second-team honors for the Cowboys. And second baseman Brad Burkle in his first year as a Cowboy received honorable mention accolades as well. So Cajuns well represented. The Cowboys well represented on the all-Louisiana team for LSWA, but so were the LSU Tigers. Seven, count them, seven earned all LSWA honors, including hitter of the year Dylan Cruz, Newcomer of the year went to Jacob Berry, and Mikhail Hilliard also earned first-team recognition. So, pretty proud moment there for McNeese, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the LSU Tigers for the all-Louisiana baseball team by the Louisiana Sports Writers Association. We'll stick with baseball here as well as we open up the show. Some, oof. Just awful news. Reports coming out that Drew Jones, he was the second overall pick in this month's Major League Baseball draft. 
son of Atlanta Braves legend Andrew Jones, injured his shoulder Monday during his first batting practice with the Arizona Diamondbacks. It wasn't immediately clear how serious the injury is, but Jones would miss the rest of the season if it requires surgery. He was slated to undergo additional testing. He had just agreed to terms with Arizona last week for a bonus of more than $8 million, equal to the slot value for the second overall pick. He was introduced at Chase Field over the weekend. Unbelievable. Suffers an injury taking his first batting practice. First batting practice for the organization. And now he could miss the entire season. His rookie season could be completely wiped out by that. Just unbelievable. Terrible, terrible luck. Just weird things happen sometimes in sports. We got to take a timeout, but before we do so, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors for making this possible as not only RP3 and company, but Footnotes with Kevin Foote and Crunch Time with me, Gez and Mesh. We'll be able to broadcast back-to-back days here in New Orleans at the Hotel Sheraton for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. Next Home Cutting Edge Realty, they're going to help you start you on your path to own your next home. And, of course, the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. Those are our sponsors for our Sunbelt Media Days coverage. I want to thank them for making this all possible. we got to take a timeout, but when we return here on RP3 and company, we're going to keep it rolling right along. We're going to shift our focus back to football, shift our focus back to Sunbelt Conference. We're going to break down what Commissioner Keith Gill had to say yesterday up on the podium as he opened up media days that's coming up next right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros time for us to head back down to the big easy for more of the game sunbelt media days coverage presented by next home cutting edge realty and the wetlands here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station I know you love to entertain in the falls at your house, right? Love to have the fellas over, love to have the family over, watching football on Saturdays all day, day and night, watching football on Sundays, cracking open a few brews, grilling, doing your thing. But hear me out. Is your man cave space, is that outdoor living space, is it where it needs to be? Or does it need a little work? Does it need a little improvement, a little TLC, if you know what I mean? If it does, then you got to reach out to my friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite. Look, they're the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. You know they handle show-stopping marble countertops for kitchens and bathrooms, but did you know they can also take your man cave to the next level? They can take that outdoor living space to another level, make it the envy of the neighborhood, Go visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com today. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday, which, by the way, is today. Or, you know what? 
just stop by their showroom located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Time to listen to Commissioner Gill. He had plenty to say yesterday when he opened up Sunbelt Conference Media Days here in the Hotel Sherrington. Once again, I'll set the stage for you. Lots of optimism here. Great energy in the building because a lot of people feel like this conference is now has leadership that's headed in the right direction. That they are a conference now that can proudly claim that they are the deepest and best group of five conference in the country. More so than Conference USA, more so than the American. Especially with how they added teams during this realignment fix. Instead of desperately trying to grab teams here and there just to have teams, Commissioner Gill and the conference opted for a different approach. They opted to add teams that had existing rivalries with teams already in the conference. That's adding Old Dominion, James Madison, and Marshall. They added Southern Miss. Already had a long-standing rivalry, an old-school rivalry, with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Not only did they do that, they also made the decision that everything would be regional. Instead of going coast-to-coast and having, you know, a dozen or more states involved in your conference, and then you have flyover states where you don't have anything going on or don't have any teams, the conference, all the states are connected, just like the SEC. The Sun Belt is kind of following the SEC's footprint here is that if you're going to expand, you have to remain in the same area. Your conference is going to be connected by states. It's going to be connected by rivalries. And that's what they've done. And so many coaches yesterday that took the podium, and we have a story about the East Division, and they, they touch on the rivalries, and they touch on how good that division's going to be. It's up on our website right now at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com, is this. It helps with travel cost. You heard the coaches come on our shows yesterday, all three of the shows, and they mentioned that, that their travel budget now is greatly reduced just for football. Imagine how much of a burden is going to be lifted on the other sports like basketball baseball, softball. That's part of this as well. So the conference got stronger. It added more quality depth. And on top of it, it's going to be less expensive and less of a burden for the member institutions. Checks all, checks all those boxes that you want it to do. All of them over and over and over again. Commissioner Gill, talked about so many of those topics. And, you know, he made sure to mention what he feels, why he feels that the Sunbelt Conference in the group of five, why does it stand out among the others? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question. Well, one, I'm excited about our new kind of media deal, you know, in terms of we've got a great partner. I don't think you can have a better partner in college sports than ESPN. So I think there's a lot of strength in that for the Sunbelt. Um, and we continue to win games and kind of showcase how good our football is. And so we are well positioned. We've got 14 schools, um, passionate fan bases, regional rivalries that we're stressing. 
you know, our kind of geographic footprint in that model is not one you see a lot in, in realignment. Um, if you think about certainly the most recent realignment in terms of going coast to coast. So I think we have a lot of things that are very unique. I think we're well positioned to, to have great success. And any opportunities that arise out of this next round of realignment, we'll be able to take advantage and continue to improve our league. So they strengthen themselves. They expand their deal with ESPN where more sports, more games, 6,000 more events will be being able to be broadcast, which is a huge feather in their cap. They strengthen their conference by adding quality opponents. I, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. Uh, you know, everyone's picking James Madison to finish towards the bottom because they're not eligible to win their division. They're not eligible to play for a bowl this year because they're making that transition from the uh, FCS level up to the FBS level. But I'm telling you, they're going to uh, <laughs> they're going to upset some teams along the way, and they're going to make that transition fairly well, just like App State did a handful of years ago. So they expand their contract for television purposes with ESPN. They strengthen their conference by adding more quality teams with existing rivalry, rivalries as well. Are they done? Are they done with expansion, or could the Sun Belt go from 14 up to 16 teams? Is that a possibility? You know, I wouldn't take anything off the table. I, I think at the end of the day, we're not really looking at a number. We're really looking at value. You know, so I think if I had truth serum and someone had asked me last year, what is the right number, I would have said 12. However, when you have the opportunity to add the four quality schools that we do, then 14 becomes the right number, you know? And so, and so I, I think the same with 16 or 20. So I, I don't think we're actively looking to expand. I think we feel good about our membership and where it is, but I don't think we'll take anything off the table and we're exploring all opportunities. And so if there is a really good institution that makes sense for us, that's like-minded, that's in our geographic footprint, and that brings value to um, the Sun Belt, we would certainly be open to um, having conversations with those schools and adding them. So I think they're going to be done for right now when it comes to the expansion, right? I, I think they're going to be set for right now. That said, the landscape of college football is constantly changing, and there may be opportunities to add other quality programs in the mix, right? Poach, poach other teams. They could be good additions for, for this conference. Because this conference is immensely strong right now. It just is. I mean, you add the four teams that you did, Old Dominion, James Madison, Marshall to the east, and then you add Southern Miss, who has proven that they can be good in multiple sports over the years. You add them to the west. You kind of reshuffle the conference a little bit. You move Troy over from the east to the west. They're going to be in the west this year. You could add even more moving forward, but they're right now, as it stands today, July 27th, they're the strongest team. They're the strongest conference in the group of five. Make no bones about it. You know, playoffs is what's driving everything in college football, the college football playoffs, and the group of five wanting to have a seat at the table and trying to get there. 
uh, you know, coastal, and UL had a good chance a few years ago, didn't end up happening. The Cajuns have gotten to the point where they're nationally ranked and they're in the college football playoff rankings. Coastal's been there, App State's been there, but the Sun Belt's yet to get into there. And a lot of thought has gone into, well, eventually when they expand the actual college football playoff, from four to maybe six or six to eight or 16. That idea has been floated around a lot. What does that mean for the group of five schools? Will they have a seat at the table? Will they have an opportunity to be Cinderella in a March Madness-style college football bracket? And Gil was asked about the likelihood of when he thinks the college football playoff could be expanded. Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say if the past is prologue, you know, we're struggling right now trying to figure out how to expand the CFP. But I do feel like, you know, we had some meetings in June, and I, I thought they were really promising. I thought we um, found some common ground in that space. So we continue to talk. We'll have some other upcoming meetings. So I am really optimistic um, that we will um, find enough common ground to, to, to be able to expand the college football playoff. And I do think there will be an opportunity or a spot there for the Sun Belt. I mean, we, we support the sixth highest ranked conference champions and the sixth highest ranked at large. And so if that is the model that's chosen, then there will be a lot of opportunity for us to have our champion um, represent the Sun Belt in the college football playoff. So college football playoff expansion is going to be a while. I, I, talking to Bill Hancock at SEC Media Days, I don't see this expanding. We want it. Fans want it. Media people yell for it, you know, screaming from the rooftops, we need to expand, we need to expand. I just, I, I, I don't see a, a race. I don't see a rush of expanding the playoff. I, I just don't. And I don't think it's going to happen for a while. And if you do expand, it's not going to go to 16 like everyone wants or even 12. It may be bumped up to six or eight, and I think it's going to take probably three to five years for even that to happen. And that's optimistic. It's been wildly successful. The ratings have been immense, immensely positive. What's the motivation? I just don't see them making any decisions anytime soon <clears throat> or quickly for that matter. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, as we broadcast live from Radio Row inside the Hotel Sheraton here on Canal Street in New Orleans for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. We'll hear from the New Orleans Saints. Training camp began this week. The teams reported. And first-year head coach Dennis Allen talked to the media yesterday about a slew of different topics. We'll play those for you and share with what he had to say on that. And we'll also unveil our poll question of the day, which is our foodie poll question of the week. And it's got a New Orleans flair to it. That's all going to be coming up next right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Just because we're in New Orleans doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. Call the game hotline at 337-706-0111 or comment on our Facebook page. Back to more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Oh, if you haven't become a member of our rewards club, you need to go sign up today. Make the day that you make it happen. It's simple, it's free, and it's easy. We even have a video on how to do it on our website. Just simply visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Click on the Clubhouse Rewards and you can sign up. That way you can have the opportunity to allow us to help you with your date night blues. We know money's tight right now. Gas prices high. you got to start buying school supplies for the kiddos. Maybe not have as much cash laying around as you typically do. But look, you become a member of our clubhouse, you'll have the chance to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse down at Cypress Bayou. Mouth-watering steaks made exactly the way you want them, cooked to perfection. You can win yourself a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, fresh Gulf seafood, or... You can win yourself a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. They're all in there for you to win, but you got to become a member of our clubhouse today. So go sign up. It's simple. It's free. It's easy. Go visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. That way you can have the opportunity to win you some great gift certificates to some of the best restaurants in Acadiana. New Orleans Saints training camp has arrived. Players are reporting, and they're going to start getting after it. NFL will be here in no time. College football, high school football starts here in Louisiana Labor Day weekend. The next week is NFL. It'll be here in no time. And lots of buzz about the Saints, maybe not nationally, but definitely here in the state of Louisiana. Lots of intrigue. What's this team going to look like? Remember, last year, this is a team that nearly made the playoffs with four different quarterbacks playing for them, including Taysom Hill, Ian Book, and Trevor Simeon trying to throw the football. No Michael Thomas all year. The All-Pro was out for the entire season. They had a couple of issues with COVID, not once but twice, and still nearly made the playoffs. What can they do now? First-year head coach Dennis Allen has taken over. This team, the former longtime defensive coordinator, you know they're stacked on defense. And they even added to that this offseason by adding Tyron Matthew and Marcus May and others. The question marks are all on offense. Can Jameis Winston lead this offense? Can Michael Thomas finally be healthy? He's starting off camp on the puff list, so that's not a great sign. What are they going to do with Alvin Kamara, who's likely going to be suspended by the NFL for the altercation in Las Vegas during the Pro Bowl weekend. Can Doug Marone fix the offensive line? In particular, Cesar Ruiz, who lines up at right guard. So there's some question marks about this team heading into camp. And Dennis Allen held court yesterday down in Metairie, right down the road from us here at Sunbelt Conference Media Days, to touch on a slew of different things. And one of the things was, What is going to be the mantra of this team? Once again, no Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. A lot of the guys that have been identified as the heart and soul of the New Orleans Saints, no longer here. So what is the mantra of this team under new head coach Dennis Allen? Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be tough. We're going to be smart. We're going to be highly competitive. We're going to compete our tail off in everything that we do. And, And that's really been. It's been our mantra about how we've played defense around here for since 2017, really. And I think we've seen some of the fruits of that labor. And, and, and that's, that can be carried over to 
you know, our whole football team. And so, you know, it's not some, you know, fancy cliche or anything like that, but that's what wins in our, in our league. Jameis Winston is your starting quarterback. Some of you out there don't like that. Some of you don't think he deserves to be the starting quarterback. Some of you believe they should have done something else, but he is their guy. And he is the guy that they're, you know, hitching their wagon to, so to speak. And Allen talked about the growth that he's already seen from Jameis, knowing that there's not an open competition. He's not having to compete against Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon or whoever it might be, that the job is actually his. Well, I wouldn't, I would never use the term not worried about making mistakes, right? right? You know, like I, I do feel like he's a little bit more secure in his position, you know, and I think that's a, that's a comfortable feeling to have. But look, we, we, we still know this is a production based business, you know, so we all know that we got to go out and perform and, and certainly Jameis understands that. But, yeah, I would say certainly think that knowing that going in, you know, gives you a little bit of security and, and a little bit of confidence going in. So Jameis is going to be a little bit more confident. Once again, he's still coming off the injury, but he's a little bit more confident. And, you know, we've heard this before about Winston, is about that he naturally just kind of placed himself into a role – of leadership that he, he took on that leadership role and, and Alan spoke about that as well well I'd say he's a quality leader I think he's verbal when he needs to be verbal I think he he's he, he's motivational you know I think more so than anything that the, the the leadership quality that I appreciate the most out of him is work ethic because it doesn't matter what you say if you don't back it up with what you do and um I think he's got incredible work ethic, and, and, and I think our guys, you know, gravitate to his personality. And we've heard that before, that Jameis's personality goes over extremely well in the locker room. The guys like him. They like playing with him, and they're going to like playing for him. And if he's healthy, once again, I've said this before, he doesn't have to be Drew Brees. There's only one Drew. That, that's it. But if Jameis can be a guy that can throw for, I don't know, 3,800, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and only like 15 picks, they're going to win a lot of games that way. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that win a lot of games with average to just okay quarterback play. And the Saints have a stellar defense that can help with that as well. With Jameis being the starter, no doubt, that's not going to be questioned. He's going to be the guy. Taysom Hill... We don't have to worry about him being the starting quarterback or possibly being the starting quarterback, and he's going to go back to being that joker role that he thrived in and became a star in, lining up at tight end, lining up at wide receiver, wildcat quarterback, maybe even a little running back. And Allen expanded yesterday on what Taysom's role is going to be for this team for the 2022 season. I think it's going to be very similar to what we've seen in the past. You know, I think he's going to provide – multiple roles for us. There'll be a lot of working with the with the tight end grouping, but yet, you know, he'll t he'll till still take some snaps from the quarterback position. We're still going to utilize him, you know, in that role. I, I don't see like a ton different. There's still going to be a lot of special teams that he's going to participate in. He's a, he's a really good football player and we want to utilize his skill set and and he can 
he can help us win football games. So you heard it there, Allen talking about that. He's a really good football player, and they want to utilize him in a multitude of ways, which means you know, lining up at quarterback from time to time, wildcat quarterback, tight end. And I've said this before when they made the move, oh, he's going to tight end. He's going to be more of a joker role. There's not going to be a true tight end number one for the Saints this season. I just don't see it. I think you're going to see Taysom, Troutman, and a few others. I, th I think it's going to be tight end by committee, if that makes any sense. You're not going to have anyone in this offense going to be putting up Jimmy Graham numbers or even Jeremy Shockey numbers. It's just not going to happen. They're going to utilize multiple guys, and when you have the wide receiving core that they do, you don't have to lean on the tight end as much as you may have needed to in years past. That said, Alvin Kamara possibly could be suspended by the NFL depending on what happens at his hearing next month in Las Vegas for the altercation, the physical altercation that took place over the weekend at the Pro Bowl. With that hanging over the team, does that mean that they could possibly use Taysom in the running back role if needed, if Kamara is suspended? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule anything out. Uh, you know, for Taysom in terms of what he's capable of doing. Hell, we, we tried to recruit him over to play Sam Linebacker for us a couple of years ago. Um, so so he, he's certainly a, a versatile player, and we're going to utilize him in a lot of different roles. So he didn't rule it out, but it doesn't sound like that. that that's their goal. Once again, that Jordan Howard in for a workout yesterday. Um, to come in and, and give them some depth there at the running back spot. Because behind Kamara, you have Mark Ingram, but Ingram feels like he's towards the tail end of his career. Uh, they were high on Tony Jones Jr. last year, but he got banged up, and then when he did play, he wasn't very good. And, of course, the young man Abram out of Baylor, who they gave a quarter of a million dollars guaranteed contract to as an undrafted free agent. Looks like he's going to be in the mix as well, but I feel like they're probably going to add even more to that. Let's move on to the offensive line. It was a bit of a mess last year. Andres Pete, who's always struggled with pass blocking, he's a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. He gets injured early. He's out for the season. They have to go to a backup there. Ryan Ramchek at right tackle was banged up. He missed some time. And then, of course, Ruiz, the young man at right guard, still is struggling to fix all that. They decided to draft an offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa in the first round, their second first-round pick this year. But they also went out and got themselves Doug Marone, brought him back. Doug, of course, who's been in the college ranks as well at Alabama, comes to the Saints, and you know, look, he's brought in to do one thing. That's to fix the offensive line, to fix Pete, to fix Ruiz, and to help develop the younger players to give the Saints some actual depth that way, in case someone gets injured, it won't derail what they do. You know, as good as great as Teron Armstead was, who left this offseason to go sign a contract with the Miami Dolphins, he was always nicked up. He always missed time two to three games a year. They didn't have anyone back backing him up. They don't have the quality depth. They're hoping Doug Marone comes in and is able to do all that, and Allen spoke highly of his new assistant coach. Yeah, I think he's a really good football coach. You know, I think he's tough, he's demanding, but yet I, I think he's also been around enough that he's willing to do the things that it takes to get the best out of a player. Sometimes it's maybe not talking to him so nicely. Sometimes it's, it's, it's loving him up a little bit. 
You know what I mean? And 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 I think that's what you get with, you know, uh, a veteran coach like Doug. Yeah, he's a vet. He, he's a veteran coach, and he's going to do what's needed to give those guys some tough love and to give them the development that they need. Michael Thomas, All-Pro, world-class wide receiver, didn't play at all last year. He's slow to recover from his off-season surgery. He's rehabbing. He's beginning training camp on the pup list. But Dennis Allen spoke about Thomas and possibly when he could return. Yeah, I had a great conversation with him today. I like where Mike Thomas is. You know, I'd love there not to be any issues at all. But, you know, that's not the nature of what we're dealing with right here. And I feel like, you know, and we all feel like, uh, it won't be very long before we see him out there on the practice field and, and you know, start working him back in and, and, and getting him ready for the season. They are very optimistic that he's going to be back, that they're going to have him for the season. And if they want to have the success that they're planning on, being a playoff team, being a 10-win team, you're going to have to have a healthy Michael Thomas in the fold for sure. We're going to take a timeout. Before we do so, though, it's time for us to unveil our foodie poll question of the week. It's our poll question of the day on Wednesdays. We talk nothing but food because that's what we do. That's what happens when you have a large man host a morning show. We talk about food. What is your favorite signature New Orleans dish? What's your favorite signature New Orleans dish? That's our poll question of the day, which is our food question of the week. Your options Muffalata, beignets, bananas foster, or the always popular other. So we want to hear from you. Go vote on the poll question of the day, which is our foodie poll question of the week. Right now, 35% of you say beignets, 29% say other, 24% say muffalata, and 12% say bananas foster. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming. And we'll update it throughout today's show and share your comments with you as well. Just make sure you leave them on Facebook and Twitter and just make sure you keep them clean for the kids. we got to take a time out. We'll wrap up our number one here at Sunbelt Conference Media Days presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. Coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to know what went down today in New Orleans at Sunbelt Media Days? Not to worry. The game has you covered. Back to more of the game's Sunbelt Media Days coverage. Presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, you can score a brand-new Apple Watch by simply sending a text message. That's right. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a brand-new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand-new text club. Simply text GAME to 337-283-8100. That's GAME to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win a new Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have tons of chances to score other great prizes. Once again, our new text club. You want to win an Apple Watch, simply text GAME to 337-283-8100.
It's the Games Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. It's our foodie poll question of the week. What is your go-to signature dish from New Orleans? Go vote. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. That's going to do it for our number one here on RP3 and Companies. We broadcast from Radio Row at Sunbelt Conference Media Days. When we come back, we'll kick off our number two with Coach Dez of the Raging Cajuns. That's next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has taken over the Big Easy for the Sunbelt Conference Media Days. It's time for a special Sunbelt Media Days edition of RP3 and Company, presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Now, here's your big, bald, beautiful host, RP3. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company as we broadcast live from Radio Row here for Sunbelt Conference Media Days inside the Hotel Sheraton in New Orleans right here on Canal Street. Hour number one, we touched on a slew of different things. We touched on what Commissioner Gill had to say about the strength of the conference, the future of the conference. He did so yesterday when he took the podium. We touched on the Houston Astros who lost last night to the Oakland Athletics. They're in danger of being swept. That game will be today. You can hear it on our sister station. News Talk 98.5 FM. And, of course, we talked about New Orleans Saints training camps opening up. But we're here for Sunbelt football. And it's time for us to have our first guest of the day. You know him as a former star at Catholic High of New Iberia, a former star for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, a longtime assistant coach, a man who was named interim coach, led them to a bowl victory, and is now the head man, and he's going to, take the stage today for the first time as the head man for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, his alma mater. Coach Des joins us here. Coach, good morning to you, brother. How are you? Good, Raymond. Appreciate you having me, man. Well, appreciate you being here, brother. All right, let's just talk a little bit about, you know, what is, as a guy that was a former player who went through this process as a player, now as a head coach, what does media days usually mean for you guys in your preparation as a player or as a coach? You know, I think it means that it's it's right here. It's right around the corner. And, um, you know, whenever people really start talking a lot about football, it, it means it's right up around the bend. So, you know, I think uh, it's always a good opportunity, you know, for your kids when they start coming out with the, with the con- all-conference teams and your guys get start, and get, start to get media uh, requests and things of that nature. It's good for them to kind of start to, you know, feel a little bit of love and start to kind of feel like it's about to get started. But, uh, you know, really – the media day things, you know, I mean, they're one of those things that you're always excited. People want to hear about your team and about what's going on, but it's, uh, you know, really more than anything, it just signals the beginning of the season, really. For your guys, you you brought two players. I know that's your decision, and I'm sure the team has some input in that as well. You probably asked some of the guys, but why did you decide on the two young men that you brought? You know, it's, it's tough, you know, when you're trying to pick two um, Basically, what we kind of did was went down and we went really through the leadership committee, the guys that we have on that group. Um, they're impact players on and, on and off the field for us. Um, kind of tried to eliminate the guys that have already been here and already done it, um, and then tried to eliminate the guys a little bit that were um, 
that had a lot of academic work and things of that nature to do. So, you know, uh, go down the list and Andre, you know, Andre Jones and Chris Smith, they're two of the most productive players we've had. Two great kids that do things exactly the way that you ask them to do it. And um, in my opinion, you know, when you get down to it, it's like, well, you know, you've got a bunch of good choices, but that was certainly two good ones for us. Let's talk about the preparation for the season. You know, you, you kind of got a jump start on things a, a little bit there because you were, A, already on staff. Then you led the team through the bowl game, which ended up being a victory against now your conference opponent, Marshall. Yeah. And so that kind of give you a little bit of a, a, of a leg up, and we talked about that during spring football, you and I did, uh, about that. But, you know, you're going through this process. Where, where do you stand right now with the evaluation of this team? And, and are you prepared, ready to hit the ground running once you have your team report for camp? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the continuity in the way that we did a lot of things um, in preparation for the bowl game and then going through spring, um, you know, really offensively and defensively, you know, with Coach Morgan coming in who – very familiar with what we've done, how we did it, how we called it, the terminology we use, and made a lot of the things he wanted to do fit that. And even, you know, Coach Pascal coming in as our special teams coordinator, um, there's a lot of carryover in terminology and verbiage and all those things. So I think it certainly helps. You know, we worked really hard this summer. Um, you know, in June, our players ran OTAs. June and July ran OTAs, did a really good job. Uh, you know, strength staff has got those guys ready to go. So. You know, we're, we're at the point now where they need to finish up summer school, you know, finish up their, their classes, their finals, uh, get a couple of days off, and when we get back, you know, August 4th, it's going to be on. So we'll be ready to go. Talking with Coach Dez of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. He joins us here on Radio Row at Sunbelt Conference Media Days in New Orleans. All right, let's talk about the, the team. Levi Lewis obviously is gone. That's a young man that you got to know very well during your time as an assistant coach. You have some talented young men on this roster that are vying to, to take over at quarterback, Woolridge, Fields, others. You have some guys. Where do we stand when we open up camp? How many horses are in this race, so to speak, to become the starting quarterback for the Raging Cajuns? You know, I, I think it's Chandler and Ben are the two that have separated themselves kind of as ones and twos, uh, you know, in the first and second group. Um, so those two guys are the two that after spring you would say really have the best opportunity to go out there uh, love the group love the room it's a really good group of kids they're really talented work hard and uh, do things the right way but you gotta if you don't narrow it down a little bit going into fall camp there's not right. enough reps to go around so after spring after the body of work that we've seen that's what it's going to be it's going to be ben and chandler competing for the starting spot um, you know, and those other guys will still get plenty of reps and plenty of work in there. Uh, but we're excited about this quarterback competition because, you know, we're in a good situation where you got two guys that I feel really good about, feel are really capable. Um, whoever wins the job, I feel like we'll be in really good shape. And and it sounds and it sounds like just hearing it in your voice, you sound like you have confidence in either one. Oh, absolutely. whoever whoever wins the job, you're you're going to feel confident. Right. Running, um, running your offense, and you know, you know a little something about that quarterback position too, Coach. You just, you just know just a little bit about it. A little bit, a little, a little bit, a little bit. Um, let's talk about your running backs. Obviously, Chris Smith, very talented young man, can do a lot of different things. Not only carry the rock, but also catch the ball out of the backfield, and of course, what he can do in the return game. But 
you lost some depth in the offseason. Guys entered the transfer portal and left. But you, once again, you have a lot of talented guys that may not have a lot of reps, right? But you guys recruited them and have them on the roster for the reason. How's that shaping up right now as we head into camp? Uh, who's going to be the other running backs in that backfield? You know, you, you have a handful of guy, guys in that room that can step in and be that second, third guy in the rotation. But, you know, really the theme of, of our whole, I guess, our roster and really today kind of heading into it is we do have a lot of unproven players that will be playing this year. Right. But that's kind of what makes it fun, right? You know, you you recruit these guys, you develop them. They work while they wait. You know, they do everything you ask them to do. At some point, it's time for them to get their chance. You know, we, we were all there at some point where you're unproven and the coach says, all right, it's your turn. It's time to go. And um, we have a lot of that. I think the, the beautiful thing is that in a lot of these positions, you have a Chris Smith who's played it, who's done it, and been really productive. And then behind them, you know, the guys that you've got coming back with Draylon Washington and Terrence Williams, um, Jacob Cabote had a great spring. You know, Michael Orfe has been, you know, really solid for us for a long time. You know, you've got those four guys that out of those four, two of them at least will be able to go in there and go play really good for us. Uh, talented group. I mean, Jacob came in, you know, transferred back from Texas A&M. Terrence Williams was really highly recruited out of high school, a guy that we, you know, didn't shoot. He's so good. We didn't know if we were going to play him on offense or defense. The, young, the young man out of Manny High School. Correct. Yep. Yes, sir, out of Manny. And then Draylon Washington, um, you know, le legitimate track times, you know, size, yep. speed, athlete, really good, you know, uh, perfect running back build. You know, it's going to be who steps up with Cabote and Orfe. Those guys are a little older. Um, with Terrence and Dre, you think you got a really high ceiling there. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how it continues to go. But uh, Matt Bergeron's done a phenomenal job with those guys uh, in the running back room, getting them up to speed, you know, mentally getting them in the game where they understand what's going on. So now there's no issues about do they know protections, do they know this or that. It's going to be like, no, who goes out there and goes play the best. So um, we'll be in good shape there. You know, when you got Chris Smith, who's really stepped up in a leadership role in that group, um, taking them under his wing a little bit, especially the young guys, including, the, you know, Zylan Perry from Franklin, the freshman coming in, um, you know, you got Chris, who's done a really good job in the leadership in that group. So excited about him. Um, you know, to me, that's kind of what makes it fun. See who rises. Your wide receiver core, you could argue, maybe the, the, one of the deepest in the conference. You have a lot of guys. But the last couple of years, ever since Jamarcus Bradley went on to the NFL, it's been kind of wide receiver by committee. There'll, there'll be one game where a guy will have four catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown, and then – he may not get targeted again for a couple more games, and that was kind of the offensive philosophy for the Raging Cajun fans out there. Is that kind of going to be the same thing that you guys are going to be bringing to the table this year where it's going to be wide receiver by committee, or is it going to be more of kind of solidified roles as a traditional number one wideout and a number two wideout, especially for your new quarterbacks? You know, I, I, I feel that, that players are a product of the offense in college. You know, the NFL is such a matchup league where you're always trying to find a way to get a one-on-one. -on -one. You're always trying to find a way to isolate. And in college football, it's not. There's not as much of that necessarily. Um, and for us, there's a progression for the quarterbacks, and it's like, well, you know, as a receiver or tight end or running back, whatever the case is. You do your job, you get to where you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be there, and the coverage will dictate where the ball goes. So, you know, 
I do believe that a lot of that happens where, you know, when Levi did a really good job making decisions that were yeah. quick, accurate, and correct. And he would get the ball where it needed to go. So I do think that spreading the ball around makes us difficult to have that many people that can affect the game, right? But to answer your question a little bit about a true number one, I do think at times we probably had a little bit too many guys sometimes rolling in there. Now, what makes us good, though, in the long run is that we do play with some depth. So you're trying to manage that, right? You're trying and they to all have that experience now, that's which is correct. going to be a benefit for you that's right. this season. So it, it, it doesn't sound like, you know, if, if the quarterback, whoever it may be, develops a rapport, whether that's with Jefferson or LeBlanc or Rodgers or whoever it might be, if they develop a rapport and that just naturally happens to be a guy that becomes mm -hmm. your quote-unquote number one wide receiver, you would probably prefer that more than forcing the issue. Absolutely. And, I mean, every game you go into it and, and you're rolling guys to keep them fresh so you have them in the second half. But when you have a hot hand, you got a kid that's playing really well. Oh, yeah. yeah. You play him, right? It's just like playing at running back, you know, whatever. You, you play the hot hand. So, you know, it's good to have options, but um, I do believe, obviously, the the number the ones deserve to play a little more than, than the guys behind them. Let's talk about that offensive line. You lose guys to graduation. You lose guys to the portal, but you do have some guys coming back. And you brought in some guys as well. Uh, where do we stand on the health of former ERAF high star Jax Harrington, who looked good when he did get moments before his season was derailed due to injury? Yeah. Jax is really good. Um, came back this spring, ended up being full go uh, for the better part of spring, you know, more than half of it, um, and had a great spring for us. So Jax is a guy that can play all three, center guard and tackle. Uh, you know, really excited to have him back because even as a true freshman, we played Jax some. Yeah. And, and it's there's always just been a little an injury bug kind of there. So um, really excited about him and his health and his ability to come in and impact our team. And what about the uh, the young man that you had from Michigan State that came in and some of the other new recruits? How are they looking and, and how are they are heading into camp? Because obviously you're going to have multiple battles across the line. Sure. So James Ohamba came in, you know, and, and James was uh, really exactly what we needed in the spring. You know, we needed an older guy that could come in there and come compete in the spring, and he did a good job. You know, what, what people don't understand sometimes in this transfer world, these kids are still kids, right? And even though he's a grad transfer and he's an older guy, it still takes a little while to get into a team and fit in and assimilate and become part of it. And James had a good spring, but this summer he's been a totally different person. Like you can see, it looks like he's been here forever. You know, he showed up in better shape. Uh, his rapport with his teammates was even better. So James had a good spring. You know, and then we signed some young guys out of high school uh, with Caden Morrow, uh, Trent Murphy, uh, Bryant Williams, and then we took Quentin Williams out of junior college this year. So those four guys, you know, you're really excited about. Um, you know, they're all athletically, they all fit. Um, they're all the right kind of kids. They, 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 they work really hard. They're a good fit in that room. And anyone who's been around football can tell you offensive linemen are just different by nature. Yeah. Their relationships with each other are different, uh, you know, in a, in a game that's really, to me, a selfless game, right? You're 1-11th of the team. That's the most selfless group, and they just, you know, do it for everyone else. And so those guys fit really well. Um, and, you know, the veterans we have coming back, 
you know, you, you talk about Carlos Rubio. He was a he was a starter day yeah. one last year, got hurt, right? A.J. Gilley started the whole year. Jax Harrington has been playing since he was a true freshman, in and out with injuries. Uh, Nathan Thomas is a guy who's been here for four years, redshirted, waited his time, played really good at the end of the year last year when he got to play. You know, so you got a handful of those guys that do have some of that experience. Um, you know, but for us, the key is I think we need to get to where we've got eight guys we feel really good about playing up there, and we need to play them early in the year um, and make sure that we continue to develop the depth behind them for the future. But, uh, you know, I think we'll have at least eight that we feel really good about going out there with uh, week one. Talking with Coach Dez, the man in charge of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. He joins us here on Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Media Days here on RP3 and Company. All right, Coach, with the amount of talent and leadership and experience you have on the defensive side of the football, Zion Hill, Farad Gardner, Braylon Trahan, and so forth and so forth, Andre Jones. Is the strength of this team as it stands right now as you head towards camp, is it going to be your defense? Is it the defense? Well, I think it should be. You know. Um, By look, the way, I'd like to point out, this is a man who played quarterback. He just said it should be. The defense should be the strength. Well, absolutely. I mean, look, I've been around football my whole life, and, and one thing I know is this, I'd rather have a great – defense and a great offense any day there you go um, and our defense has made us unique in this league really the last you know the last two years in particular but last year you know early in the year Raymond we were struggling a little bit on offense right we had some right. new pieces in there and, and we just kind of wasn't clicking and the defense is what really kind of carried us so for us uh, the experience we've got there coming back the guys that have played so much um, yeah, certainly. I expect them, especially early on, while we kind of get all this thing kind of pieced together on offense and get it really clicking, yeah, I certainly expect our defense to come out there and, and play really good and be the strength for us early on and kind of get us rolling. And then once we kind of, you know, get all the pieces together and hopefully we hit stride in the middle of the year and make a run. Coach, appreciate your time, as always, always do, brother. Thank you. Best of luck this season. I know. You're going to kill it today with the talking season, but I know you're, you're just chomping at the bit to actually get ready and actually prepare for the season and play the season. The man. real season's a little better than talking <laughs> season, but, yeah, got to do it. <laughs> Appreciate the time, brother. Thank, Thank you, you man. That's Coach Dez, the man in charge of Louisiana Raging Cajuns, joining us here on Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. Once again, our coverage is presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty. They're going to help you start you on your path to own your new home. In the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, ULL, ULM head coach Terry Bowden will be joining us here on Radio Row. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Just because we're in New Orleans doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. Call the game hotline at 337-706-0111 or comment on our Facebook page. Back to more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company as we broadcast live from Radio Row here at Sunbelt Conference Media Days in the Hotel Sheraton in New Orleans. And joining us now is the man entering his second season at the helm of the ULM Warhawks, 
a coaching veteran with tons of experience and accolades on the resume. Too lengthy to take time to recite on radio. Also, a heck of a guy, Terry Bowden, joins us. Coach, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, Raymond. Good to be with you this morning. All right, um, let's just talk about year one in the mm-hmm. books. You know, when you and I spoke last year at this event on the radio and then also in person right there in the lobby, mm-hmm. and you were like, look, this is going to be a process. Mm-hmm. This is not going to happen overnight. There's going to be a lot of work that has to be done. How do you feel you and your staff did and the team did mm-hmm. year one in the books? I mean, going into the season, I, I would have wanted to win a lot more. But I think uh, looking back on the season, uh, we made really good progress and, and we're moving in the right direction, going from 0-12 or 0-11 uh, and not leading in a game to winning four and leading in eight uh, was definitely moving in the right direction. We played uh, in a lot, a lot of good football last year. Uh, and that's the key. We're, we're going to be successful at ULM. I've just done this too many times from Salem to Sanford to Auburn to, to UNA, UNA and Akron. But I never know how long it's going to take at Auburn. We won 20 straight games after two losing seasons, you know, the year before. Uh, at Akron, we went 1-11 again after two 1-11 seasons. Then in the fourth year, we played for the conference championship. And I think that we are in that process. I wish I could tell people, oh, we're there. This year, we're there. We're going to win the conference. But but we are going to be a better football team. I think we're going to compete for the division. I think we're going to compete with the conference for the conference championship. I don't know if we're going to be fourth or third or second or first, but uh, we are moving in that direction. So I'm excited. I think our people see that. I know our players and coaches see that uh, and uh, that we are going to be a competitor uh, in the Sunbelt Conference. The biggest challenge mm-hmm is obviously you can get the guys to compete you can coach them up but it's it's changing their mindset and changing their ability is that the toughest thing is making them believe that they can win making Uh, them believe when things go wrong in a mm -hmm, game if something happens that doesn't go their way that they can recover and still win the game is that the biggest hurdle i think that's always the, the number one thing that first year I mean, you've got guys that played the year before or two years before and three years before, and now they are so used to having bad things happen in a ball game that they they play uh, subconsciously expecting bad things to happen, and that's how uh, football games are lost in a lot of ways. That's obviously the first step. I will say things change so much, so many portal transfers, so many new guys. You're preaching to the wrong guys. We have guys that come in, I think they believe in what we're doing, and they see the results. Uh, and so I think that the, the, the having to change the culture is not so much as now we just got to do the things necessary to be a winning football team. Because I think I've got enough guys that come in and saw us uh, win some ball games last year, beat Liberty after being so much of an underdog and, and things like that, um, that I don't think that's as much a concern at this point. But I still think uh, it's always important that your players uh, – believe they're going to win a game before they go into it. And I think that's, I think our players do. I think our players believe that if we play our best football, we can contend for the West Division Championship. Talk about this year's team. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand? How many starters did you lose from a year sure. ago? How many players did you have to add through the transfer portal or through your signing class? I don't know what day is it. We, we, it's, the starters leave every every time you turn around. You've lost one. We lost three starters after spring ball. And oh, so wow. now, yeah, we lost a, a guys that were – to, uh, to power five, and they'll probably be backups. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't know if they'll start, but but they they were told they were. I'm sure. Um, 
But we know we get the we've got our quarterback back. We got our, our quarterback back and our backup, and they both can win in this division. Chandler Rogers can run and he can throw. Uh, and his backup, Jaya Wright, is about as good as he is, and they both can compete and win at this conference. We got a number one running back back, a number one uh, wide receiver back, a number of tight ends back. We got three of our five linemen back on offense. We should have a ch real chance to be a much better offense than we were last year just because of the development of the guys we have with a few additions. Defensively, uh, Zach Woodard, our top defensive player, is back at linebacker. We've got about six starters back on defense, but uh, I know Vic Koning, our new defensive coordinator, who has been in Detroit twice. He's been in this conference, was my brother's coordinator at Clemson. He's going to play a lot of people. He's going. So I'm not so much uh, concerned that the – same 11 people line up every time. He's going to play a lot of people uh, and try to keep fresh people on the field. His philosophy is going to be much more about team defense, ability to play fast every play. So I, I don't think we've got superstar out there that I've identified yet, which guy is going to be a, it's an NFL kind of guy. But we do have very, very good, solid uh, Sunbelt talent. Your schedule mm -hmm. is challenging, mm -hmm. uh, and it was challenging last year, and it's challenging again. You have to play Texas, right. Alabama, and, uh, two of your first three games. Right. Tough non-conference schedule. How key is it for you and your staff and your team not to get discouraged if right. some losses happen mm -hmm. early on and not have that snowball and, and still, keep, yeah. still remain positive? That way you can start winning more games mm -hmm. when conference play comes. Well, I mean, in group of five, this is my – about my 10th year going into a group of five, maybe my ninth year as a group of five coach, you better not get discouraged about your non-conference because at our level, for most teams, your non-conference is more difficult than your conference, and it has no impact if you don't get hurt on your season. At Akron, our best year in school history, our only bowl victory, we got beat 55-3 to by Oklahoma. And yeah. so you just got to put it behind you. Did you get anybody hurt? So we've got two games that are money games against teams that uh, uh, – that will be big-time underdogs. I just don't want to get anybody hurt. That's all. I, I'm, I don't want to get anybody hurt. We're going to play to win, but we don't want to get anybody hurt because that's going, not going to be a factor on the outcome of our season if we don't. Uh, so I've gone one and three and had a winning season at Group of Five in my non-conference games, and I've gone two and four. I don't think I've ever been able to go three and one in my non-conference because I haven't been at a school that didn't have to afford it. Now, we have conference teams that don't have to play any Power Five teams or any big Power Five teams. And, and power to them because they don't have to worry about that. But from a budget standpoint, as long as ULM plays football, we'll play a money game or two, uh, and that's going to be part of it. But it should not affect, if we don't get people hurt, the, um, uh, the, our ability to play in the conference if I don't let it get to the morale of our team. That's my job as the head coach. Wrapping up our conversation with ULM Warhawks head football coach Terry Bowden. He joins us here on RP3 and Company as we mm -hmm. broadcast live from Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Media Days in New Orleans. Let's talk about the, you know, the, the buzz and everything, mm -hmm. at the, the community, mm -hmm. uh, the fan base. You know, now that you got one year under your belt, do you feel like uh, they're a little bit more inspired? Do you feel like they're a little bit more excited and have more anticipation mm -hmm. for what you and your staff are trying to do there with the Warhawks. Sure, I mean, we came in, there was so much excitement when I came in. Then I added Rich Rodriguez, and that was kind of, boy, that's kind of a different deal, and it kind of got some buzz. And and uh, now he's gone on to try to do the same thing that he, that he saw me doing here. And I've got a great new staff with me, guys that are veterans in this conference and guys that know how to win. 
uh, been real pleased with the additional staff. And our fans have bought more season tickets this year than they bought last year. That's you great. Know, it That's helped great that we, well, we won four games at home. Yeah. So that was critical. They Six home games last year, four of them we won. And the fans got some excited. They were excited game. We win by one point almost every time we win. And so that brought excitement. So Monroe really is hungry. ULM is hungry. Monroe is hungry. We're in the South. Southern football, you know, the, it's played on Saturday, not Sunday, the excitement of college football uh, in, in the South, football in the South. And so the, I think the town's still excited. Our school's excited. And uh, I just see great things as we continue to build uh, at ULM. I see great things in our future. Got to ask you because mm-hmm. you're a veteran coach, lifelong football guy. The way things are changing, it's always yeah. changing. It's always mm-hmm. evolving. College football, and, and and has for a long time. Is there any concern from from your perspective of where college football is headed with the look of super conferences and everything like mm-hmm. that? Are you concerned at all, being a lifelong football guy, coach, of where the sport is headed? Uh, not 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 as much as a lot of people because like I'm, I know when I started playing college football there was unlimited scholarships Pitt, Pitt won a national championship by signing 93 guys uh, <laughs> 93. Uh, when I was playing there was college division university division there wasn't even one double a uh, uh, Citadel and Davidson were in the Southern Conference with West Virginia uh, when they division one you know yeah. or, or, or college university. things continually change uh, some of it's gonna be good some of it's gonna be bad I hope we can maintain the integrity of our of our of our uh, college level of football. That it's going to be academics first. That we have student athletes, and it doesn't get beyond the point where where guys are still going to college and being college students. That is changing somewhat. I don't know if it's going to be as bad as some people think or as good as some people think. I just think we all have to all have to accept that that's a part of the future but i but i but i don't i'm not a doomsday guy i don't i don't think it's all going to be uh terrible it's just going to be a different way of looking at things wrap it up with this Mm -hmm. this conference added four teams to it a lot of it is old regional rivalries Mm -hmm. that they they get get gets reunited and the conference itself is connected it's not coast to coast it is connected by states it's more regional less travel cost and you get to improve the quality of the conference what do you make of what commissioner gill and the conference has been able to do by expanding incredible additions to the program and i've coached against all but odu i've coached against big time program southern miss can be on top just like that they've had success in their past got a great new head coach and uh they will be fit right into with our conference marshall i've coached against them many times they've been a power uh at the levels they played james madison probably the richest one double a program in america they come in with more money than three-fourths of our conference kurt signetti his dad was my offensive coordinator at west virginia my head coach my dad's offensive coordinator at west virginia uh great teams we brought into the program i think the conference has done a great job i understand uh, olympic sports and scheduling for all sports the 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 regional basis of our our divisions are perfect i just think it's the best new con- the best conference out there a group of five and everything is ahead of us coach appreciate your time as always brother thank you so much best of luck to you and your team this season thank you raymond that's ulm head football coach terry bowden joining us here on radio row for sunbelt conference media days we got to take a time out. We'll update the poll question of the day when we return. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home 
for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to know what went down today in New Orleans at Sunbelt Media Days? Not to worry. The game has you covered. Back to more of the game's Sunbelt Media Days coverage. Presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the latest Astros weekend getaway. The Astros are going to be taking on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August the 27th, and we want you to be there. Simply go register in the game clubhouse to score yourself four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. That's Orioles-Astros, August 27th. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you can only win them by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. We're back here on Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days in New Orleans. And joining me now is the man entering his second season at the helm of the South Alabama Jaguars. Mr. Kane Womack is here. Coach. How you doing, bud? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be on with you guys. All right, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the elephant in the room. Last year, you stole the show with rocking your red sneakers. <laughs> Today, this morning, you're just going with the white shoe look. Why did you decide not to be as bold? I, you know, it's interesting that you see uh, uh, white sneakers being less bold than red sneakers. <laughs> it's, pretty I, I, it's pretty bold. It's pretty bold, brother. Pretty bold. <laughs> yeah, I uh, – you know, um, I, I do always. Uh, there's a, there's a style portion, right, to doing things that w from a recruiting standpoint. You got to stay relevant, and uh, the kids and, love it. And, and I think yeah. that they enjoy it and appreciate yeah. it. So I'll, I'll, maybe I, maybe uh, maybe I look goofy or not. I don't, I'm not sure, but as long as they're liking it, I'm good with it. That's all. That's all that matters. Looking back now, as you're entering your second season. Um, how would you evaluate how you and your staff and the team did in year one? Uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, overall, uh, not, not the standard that, that we want. Five and seven is not good enough for our program, uh, even though that's, you know, something that we have not established ourselves as a winning program yet. Um, when you look back at some of the things that we did, um, we are a process-driven uh, driven program in the things that we want to do. And so, you know, you look, I think we are uh, improving in every facet. Um, you know, for us, uh, talent overall, I think, has, has improved. The transfer portal has been an awesome aspect to that. Uh, you know, our, our scheme, our understanding, the, those things going into season two is really great as well. Um, but, you know, last year you look at some of the things that we did, you know, we were in big games against the best teams in our league and came up short in the fourth quarter. You think about Louisiana, we missed a field goal with 40 seconds left, lost 18 to 20 to them, double overtime against uh, Coastal Carolina. Those are the opportunities that, you know, we really probably weathered the storm against the best teams in our league. I think we have to start embodying the properties of a storm. We got to start inflicting our will on other people. I was there at that game yeah. covering it. That was a game in the rain. A, a game, and I've said, look, it, it probably a game that, that South Alabama should have won yeah. uh, against the Cajuns. But, but that's the biggest – is that the biggest hurdle? It, it's, you can get the guys to buy into what you're doing and to run your game plans. It's another thing to get them to change that thing in their head of, yeah. hey, 
go from competing to actually winning? That's no the biggest hurdle, right? I, I think so. You know, we talk about um, ex expectation being more powerful than belief, right? Um, expecting to win is more powerful than believing you can win. Uh, you know, I use the example of 2016, right, with the FIFA World Cup, right? USA, the chant was, I believe that we will win, right? And then, you know, we got our butts kicked by Germany. Um, <laughs> But, you know, expecting to win and having a frame of, of reference, I think, uh, that, that you expect to be in those moments, you expect to find ways uh, to come out and win. I think there is a, 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 a tangible aspect to that uh, in the game of football, and it's something that we've got to strive towards. Let's talk about this year's team. How many starters you got coming back? How many guys did you have to go get in the NCAA transfer portal? What's the makeup of this year's team? Well, you know, certainly we have uh, quite a bit coming back, which is very exciting. Um, defensively, uh, probably as much as any position or, or as any unit, um, I'm excited about some of the things that we did in year one. I think we'll be significantly better there in that regard. Uh, you know, this defense is always built on on creating takeaways, um, and and you know we went from 122nd in the country to sixth in the country uh, in year one. I, I think we'll continue uh, to build off of that with some experienced guys, headlined by you know Keith Goldman uh, and D Darrell Luter on the back end, uh, both both uh, you know all all American prospects, all all conference prospects, and and. Uh, uh, I've got Darrell here with me as well, really excited about him and, and his future. Uh, and then offensively, um, I think more pieces to the puzzle are new on that side of the ball. You know, we, we've got a, a, a LaDamian Webb, right, who's a transfer running back that came in as a really explosive player. Um, a couple guys at the tight end position we're really excited about. Quarterback and Carter Bradley, who just came in from Toledo. We've kind of battled some Power 5 programs to get him. Um, very talented on that side of the ball. How we gel and mesh, um, I think, will we'll kind of determine, right, the success uh, on that side because ultimately um, it, it really is about execution uh, w w whichever way you look at it. Who's going to be running your offense? Or well, is that going to be a battle? Uh, talking about from the quarterback position. Yes, uh, well, so, you know, Major Applewhite will be running our offense, but he can't throw the ball anymore. So, um, you know, uh, I think uh, I'm excited about what Carter brings to the table. He's probably one of the most gifted arm talents that I've ever been around. Mike Penix, who, who we had at Indiana, may be the only other one that has that same wow. arm talent uh, to, uh, to Carter, which is very exciting. Uh, but I will say this, Desmond Trotter, who's been in this program a long time, he was a starter in 2020. He was our backup this past year, but but when when Jake Bentley went down, he came in. Probably a really challenging situation for him to come in. Our new offensive system, a little bit more complicated in what we do. Um, but but to be honest with you, I'm, I've been so pleased with what he did in the springtime um, that I do feel like we have two quarterbacks on roster that, that potentially uh, can get us to where we want to go. So that, that piece of it is very exciting for us. We're talking with South Alabama second-year head coach Kane Womack. He joins us here on RP3 and Company on Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. All right, Coach, let's talk a little bit about this uh, schedule. You open up with uh, Nichols, but then you got to travel yeah. to Central Michigan. Yeah. Uh, go take on those Chippewas, and then you got to go all the way out on the West Coast uh, to take on UCLA, uh, racking up those frequent flyer miles, trying to plan to get, get that vacation paid for. Is, yeah. that, is that what you're doing with it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Chal uh, ch challenging schedule because Central Michigan's always a good team out of the map. Yeah. UCLA, yep. we've seen what um, they've been able to do under their head coach in recent years. 
you know, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a challenge. But do you believe that's going to better prepare you for the gauntlet that's going to be the conference schedule? Yeah, you know, I, I do feel like we're playing in, in in you know state of Louisiana. We play in our first five games. Nichols comes to us, La Tech comes to us, and then we go to Louisiana, um, which is which is pretty crazy. But uh, I, I think it is a challenging schedule. I think it's also there's some favorable aspects to it for us. Um, you know, this program has been inconsistent. You know, we've had big wins. We've had big moments. Well, my first year as a defensive coordinator at South Alabama when I was there uh, under Joey Jones, our first game of the season, we go play Mississippi State and, and, and win and beat them. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple weeks later, we're battling uh, Nichols in double overtime to get that win and, and had, you know, and then lost to Louisiana a week later. So just the inconsistency of our program, that to me is the thing that I'm, I'm focused on and winning towards. And, you know, everybody talks about process over outcome. But if you do not get your team to operate in that in that way, all you're doing is narrowing the margin of error. And if you narrow the margin of error right now, you're in that that margin for wins uh, over losses and success. And that's what we're focused on. Wrap it up with one more. What do you make of where the conference is headed? You added four teams, four really, really good teams. Um, and it's just made the conference so much better. It's also connected. All the teams are in states that are connected. Right. Reduces travel costs, helps with that. What do you make of what Commissioner Gill and the conference has done with the expansion? You know, i I, I got to say, I, I think Keith Gill's doing a tremendous job, and his staff, um, you know, the organization, the, the vision that they have. You know, this conference realignment, everybody wants to talk about what the SEC and the Big Ten and all that is doing, and, you know, what, what's that going to mean for a group of five football? You know, frankly, it's great for us. It's great, uh, these regional rivalries that we're building, uh, you know, what some of the other hits that the other conferences have taken at the group of five level uh, and people outgoing and some great teams incoming. The Sun Belt is, is in position to establish itself as, as the premier group of five program for years to come. That's really exciting. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, for our fans to be uh, in a more regional uh, aspect uh, to what we're doing is 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 very exciting as well, and so uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good thing for college football. I think it's great for the Sun Belt, um, and uh, and it's something that for for years to come, there's going to be some very competitive football in our league. Coach, appreciate your time as always, it, brother. Whether yeah. you're rocking the red shoes or the white <laughs> shoes, man, you, you got style, and Thanks. It, it sure does seem like you're building something good there in Mobile with the South Alabama Jaguars. Appreciate I really your time, appreciate buddy. that. You as well. That's Kane Womack, man in charge of the South Alabama Jaguars, joining us here on Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. we got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number two update, that poll question of the day as well. That's all coming up next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company as we broadcast live from Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. Time to check in on the poll question of the day. It's Wednesday, which means it's the foodie poll question of the week. Since we're in New Orleans, hey, what is your favorite signature New Orleans dish? Right now, 48% of you say beignets, 23% say other, 19% say mufalada, 10% say bananas foster. Got some good comments here. Salty Steve says, Barbecue shrimp, you can't get this anywhere but Nola. Robert Duplachan says, oh, you can get that at my house on Maurice. <laughs> I do love some barbecue shrimp. Once again, JPK, the OD, says barbecue shrimp as well. Gives some locations. 
uh, some charbroiled oysters. That's what Ralph Bergeron is bringing to the table with his comments. John Paul says, Mufalada is the sandwich of the gods. Grab some mini ones from Rouse's today. Shrimp and grits, Robert Duplachan says as well. You guys are just killing it with these reactions. Doug says, plate of beignets and a big cup of coffee to start my day off in New Orleans and a good pair of walking shoes. That's right. Gumbo as well, says Ralph. Keep those comments coming. Keep those votes coming on our foodie poll question of the week, which is our poll question of the day every Wednesday. That's going to do it for hour number two. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, we got three more guests lined up for you to talk to. And it's going to be starting off with Texas State head coach Jake Spavadal, who will be joining us live here on Radio Road. That's next, right here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has taken over the Big Easy for the Sunbelt Conference Media Days. It's time for a special Sunbelt Media Days edition of RP3 and Company, presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Now, here's your big, bald, beautiful host, RP3. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company. Hour number three has arrived here. Day two of Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days in New Orleans as we're broadcasting inside the Hotel Sheraton on Canal Street in New Orleans. And we're going to keep it moving here. Slew of guests today, six of them. Number four has arrived. He's ready to go. He's amped up. (laughs) He's prepared for the season. He wishes the season began today. That's how amped up he is. He's the man in charge of the Texas State Bobcats. It's Coach Jake Spavital. He joins us now. Coach, how does it feel, man? I, I always ask this question because it's talking season or silly season, as sometimes it's called, but it definitely means the football season's going to be here in no time at all. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of the things, like, I thought this was the fastest summer I've ever been a part of. It's just with all the, the changing climate of college football, all the – you know, the new rules and the new legislation and how we had official visitors in the spring, like all the time. And then you're going through like, you know, your summer and then here we are right now. And like you said, talking season. And, you know, um, like I was talking to you a little bit ago, like I think there's a lot of optimism by every single coach that sits in this chair right now and talks to you. And, you know, I think we're all just kind of ready to get to get the report day and get this thing kind of kicked off so we can go and do what we would love to do. And that's actually get on the field and coaching football. What have you learned in the last few years dealing with global pandemic, dealing with the NCAA transfer portal becoming a thing, dealing with uh, the uh, expansion of the conference and just expansion and realignment of college football. That's a lot to take in. That's a lot to deal with as a man who's, you know, your job is to coach football, but there's all these other factors going on the last few years. What's that been like for you? And what have you learned from it? You know, I, I'm pretty fortunate to sit on a lot of these NCAA like committees and these panels. I'm on the NCAA, um, you know, ethics committee. I'm on the name, image, likeness task force. I'm on the rules committee. I, and you sit there and you you go through, you know, COVID. You go through name, image, likeness. You know, conference realignment. You go through the transfer portal, and you realize everybody has issues. Right. Everybody has different circumstances. And 
And the main thing is, is that you've just got to listen, you've got to learn, you've got to figure things out because it is changing on a daily basis. You know, you 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 find out, you know, again in these these committees that hey, like the transfer portal is about to change again to a limited transfers now instead of the one-time transfer. So it's just you have to have great communication and you have to understand that everybody's going through it. And that's that's kind of how I've approached it. I've got a great staff. We talk on a daily basis of roster management, uh, just kind of the climate of college football and, and what we've got to do for Texas State. Because what you know what we have to do for Texas State is completely different than what Lafayette has to do. And and that just kind of that's where it is. And that's what I've learned in this entire process. You know, everybody says the game of college football is under attack. And, you know, I don't believe that. I think we have a great game. I love the game of football. It's just times are changing and we have to adapt to it. If you don't adapt to it, then you'll probably end up dying is what we've been talking about for the last, you know, really six months about this. How do you deal with the transfer portal? That seems to be the biggest issue because where before you go through spring football and you're like, oh, well, I can set my roster heading into fall camp and now guys are transferring out or, <laughs> or leaving. And, and it, it's it's – a lot especially for group of five teams to have to deal with because if you sign a guy and you develop that said player and then he becomes an all-conference honoree because of the transfer portal now teams from sec big 12 acc are going to come and maybe poach him away from you so not only are you having to recruit guys but then you're going to have to recruit them again to keep them part of your program and then you have to figure out how to finagle the transfer portal as well what's that been like yeah it's been pretty interesting as well you know um you know like the, the thing that i see like happening a lot with this transfer portal like you know we ended up losing a couple guys right at the end of uh, really right after spring football you know we went through all spring football and we lost a couple guys went to power five schools and you know you sit there and you understand like this is kind of the way it is so we have to fill some like we have to fill that void immediately you know and and some of this like if you're going to take an offensive lineman uh, from our school you have to bring in an experienced guy. So you have to go back into the transfer portal. You can't just fill with like a freshman typically in right. that position. So you got to understand like what position it is and it's different for everybody. But, you know, where I see like a lot of issues is junior college recruiting. You know, junior college recruiting, the whole just dynamic of junior college. And like I see their frustrations all the time because, you know, we had to take immediate fixes right there. So then you're going to junior colleges and now you're taking kids from, you know, their team at junior college. So it's like a pecking order all the way down, you know. And, Correct. And we're taking junior college kids, you know, just to fill the void for depth and just, you know, to get more bodies there. But, like, he was actually the starter for their junior college team. So now the junior college team is trying to, to go out, out and, and find, go somebody out find else. someone else. So it's just, you know, there's a pecking order of everything right now. And, and uh, like what you said, I think the most important thing is, is that you have to have a culture that these kids want to stay and play for your university and play for your program. And, you know, I know it's difficult. I know there's a lot of different things that are getting thrown at you at, at these kids. And, and there's a lot of tough decisions being made. But at the end of the day, you know, we just got to try to create a culture that these kids enjoy coming to Texas State and they enjoy showing up and playing for Texas State. And, and I think the rest will just kind of take care of itself from there. You've been doing this for a little while now. What's your pitch to a kid to, to come there and to be part of what you guys are doing? Because I know you're trying to build something there and you're trying to take this program and, and break through and take it to another level. Is that part of, uh, of the pitch is to have these kids and appeal to guys that want to be part of something, that want to build something? Yes, you know, that's a lot. Because, like, you know, this is the 10th year of FBS football for our program, you know. and People shows, forget that, by the way. <laughs> 
it shows you how fast rising of a university it is. You know, there's over 40,000 students. Uh, you know, you're, you're in Central Texas, which is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. You know, the university offers a ton for, for our student athletes. But, you know, you look at how that they've been playing football for over 100 years and you just see them just keep growing and growing and growing and they're finally in the FBS. They've never been to a bowl game in school history. And that's something that like, I kind of preach to these guys that you can change the narrative of this program. We haven't had very many winning seasons you know, over the last 30 years, but you can be able to change the narrative of this program and actually be the first to do something at this school, which is to go to the bowl game. We're talking with Texas State head coach, Coach Jake Spav, he joins us here on RP3 and Company as we broadcast live from Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Media Days here in the Hotel Sheraton in New Orleans. Your team, your program, it seems really close. And what I mean by that is, you know, with us in the media, when we have these discussions during media days or before the season, there seems to be a lot of optimism around you and what you're doing with that program. It just hasn't resulted in you guys breaking through yet what is it going to take to for you guys to, to, to finally break through and have that winning season and get to a bowl game and play for that extra game that kind of put that feather in the cap what because it seems like you guys are close mm-hmm. what, what, what's it going to take to break through coach yeah it, i think a lot you know when you get there i got there in 2019 and i didn't get to sign very many guys and i got to go through the entire you know, Sunbelt season and, and you try to compare yourself to the other schools, you know, like, you know, we've got to get, you know, more depth, we've got to be bigger, we've got to have more length, we've got to have more skill and, and uh, you know, you put your emphasis on recruiting, you know, and then finally you get these players that come to your program and then you're focusing on the culture, you're focusing on the buy-in and, you um, but when you look at how we've lost games, like we've done, like we've found ways to lose games, you know, and that's like been the most frustrating thing because these kids, you know, they put a lot of work into it, but there's so much more than just putting work into it. You know, you've got to go out there and you've got to execute it. You've got to, you got to stick together as a team. You've got to weather the storm. You've got to have the ball bounce your way at times. And, and that's, that's pretty much, you know, our kind of approach on everything that we're doing right now is just, you know, we've got to take baby steps and take it one day at a time and worry about what we can control. And I think we finally have gotten to a point where we've got great depth. Um, a lot has to do with the COVID eligibility freeze and some unfortunate injuries. But, you know, we, we tell our kids we have no excuses, uh, you know, for where we're at. And, and we're not playing up to the standards and the expectations of where we want to be. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you've got to do something different than what we've done in the past. And these kids have taken a different approach. They're, they're up in the facility a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more player accountability. And uh, that, that really pleases me because these guys want it. I see it. All right, now it's time for us to go out there and put it together on the field, and that's playing smart football because we've found ways to beat ourselves over the past year. So it's time to now go put it into action. Let's talk a little bit about your schedule. Non-conference, you, you're going to have a trip out to Nevada, which is always a good uh, a group of five program, and then you get to play in-state uh, at Baylor, to go, you know, playing in Waco. Uh, what do you want to see from your team early on during that non-conference slate before you have to start you know, conference slate against App State and others? You know, I think we're a very experienced team right now. Like, there's there's a lot of guys that have played in, you know, college football for us. I think it's over around 80 guys that have played in college football games. And, you know, I, I want to see that experience early. You know, I, we need to jump out. We need to have some success. You know, we go to Nevada, which is a, a very great, you know, program overall. And I had a great year last year and, and what they've done there. But, you know, what's interesting about Nevada 
and you know like they, the transfer portal hit them pretty hard and they they have a new head coach and they got a new team and and you sit there and you try to do summer scouting reports on nevada and you can't you don't even know what team you're playing you know so at the end of the day we got to worry about what we can control and and that's that's going out there and playing clean football but i want to see our experience take place early and and try to jump in and then have some success early in that non-conference we'll wrap it up with this coach conference has expanded it's gotten stronger. It's gotten more connected. Uh, all the states are connected. They pride themselves on that. You, uh, Commissioner Gill spoke about that when he addressed everyone yesterday. What do you make of the state of the Sunbelt Conference, and do you believe it's the strongest group of five conference in the country? I do believe it's the strongest group of five. Um, I think Commissioner Gill has done a great job of, of structure and stability and, and making important decisions and improvements and just the advancement and just the additions that they've had. You know, you add the four new teams into our conference, which are very good teams, you know, um, and I've, I've had experience playing going up against some of them. Um, and, and they're very, they're very good additions. And you know, I, you know, Texas State doesn't really have a rival yet. And I, I feel like you know, like throughout the course of time, they'll eventually have it. But you know, right now that you know that that we bring in, you know, Southern Miss, and you hear about South Alabama, and just like where everything he's had from there, and just how the conference rivalries are such a great deal. Um, I, I just see how you know the structure and stability and support that we have and it, it's got to be one of the best if, if, if the best if not the best group of five uh, you know conference out there because we're we're showing that we're, we're we're strong and where we stand and that we can we can move forward and and you know people are very attracted to coming to the Sun Belt. Coach appreciate your time as always brother best of luck to you and the Bobcats this year. I'm hoping to make the trip at the end of the year to San Marcos and uh, see you guys play in person. Thank you for the time, bud. I appreciate it. That's Texas State head football coach Jake Spavitali. He joins us here on RP3 and Company as we broadcast live from Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days. Of course, our coverage is presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty. Look, they're going to help get you started on your path of owning your next home, as well as the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here, live from Radio Row, on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Just because we're in New Orleans doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. Call the game hotline at 337-706-0111 or comment on our Facebook page. Back to more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, you can score yourself a brand-new Apple Watch by sending us a simple text message. That's right. It's that easy. It's that simple. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up. That's right, you listening right now with a brand-new Apple Watch. All you have to do is to win one of the great inventions of our time is join our brand-new text club. That's right. Simply text the word GAME. G-A-M-E to 337-283-8100. That's game to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you will be eligible to win a brand new Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Houston Astros tickets, concert tickets, and more. It's the Games Text Club 
Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. We're broadcasting live from Sunbelt Conference Media Days here in New Orleans. Once again, we wouldn't be able to do this without the help of our sponsors. Next Home Cutting Edge Realty, they're going to help you start you on your path for your next home, as well as the Wetlands Lafayette's premier public golf course. Couldn't do it without them, so thank them once again, our sponsors there for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. I'm joined now here on Radio Row by the man entering his second season at the helm of the Arkansas State Red Wolves. They're always an interesting game between them and the Raging Cajuns, some of them more. Uh, let's just be honest, it's kind of lunacy. It usually happens when Arkansas State and UL plays each other. I expect it again, once again this year. Joining me now is the man in charge, Coach Butch Jones. Coach, good morning, brother. Great to see you. Uh, how's it feel? How's it feel to be here at Media Days? Well, I tell you what, everything the Sun Belt does is first class and radio row and all that's going on today. And it's always the start of football season. So excited to be here. And, you know, everyone's optimistic. Everyone's excited. You can feel the energy. So it's great. But it's also good for our players, just like, you know, every program's players to be here, get to know each other. But now they kind of can feel the excitement leading into fall camp. Let's talk a little bit about go back to year one. What were some of the things that you felt you and your coaching staff and the team were able to make strides in? And what were some of the things that you feel like you were working on and still working on this offseason? Well, again, year one was obviously not the way we wanted with, with two wins. But you know what? It's, we're going to look back and we're going to say we probably needed to go through a year like that. Um, you know, we found out exactly where we're at as a football program, as a football team what we needed, the little nuances in, in adapting, adjusting to the league. You know, when you look at the Sun Belt Conference, the competitive depth uh, week in and week out is, you know, you have to be mentally prepared for it. And you got to have a, a toughness about your football team, your football program. You have to have a grit about you. But we found out a lot about where we're at as a program and what we needed to do to continue to move forward. You go through a season like you did, and it's challenging, obviously. And you've been doing this long enough. You've been in the coaching profession quite a long time where you know, look, you're going to have seasons like this. But so many programs, they build off of those seasons, right? Mm -hmm. You learn from it, and you take the lessons learned from that and are able to take your program to the next level. Are you confident that the, your team, the Red Wolves, will be able to do that this season? Well, we've made tr tremendous strides as a football program. Are we there yet? No. But from a culture standpoint, from an intangible standpoint, we've taken drastic improvements. You know, we've been able to add 14 individuals in the portal. Uh, you know, we had the number one class in recruiting in terms of the Sun Belt. Yeah. I don't believe in rankings, but, you know, from what I've seen from our freshman class, uh, you know, it's hard to rely on freshmen, but we're excited about the future of our program. Seventy percent of our roster is made up of first and second year players. So our leadership is going to be paramount. But when we added the 14 transfer, uh, the portal individuals, we wanted to make sure could they not only help us from a competitive standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint in the locker room. And we've added some dynamic leadership that was missing from last year. So when you look at an individual who's from Louisiana, Eddie Smith, mm -hmm. uh, who was with us at Alabama and then was at Illinois, he's come in and he's changed the entire mindset of the locker room. 
Jordan Carmouche is another individual transfer linebacker from Houston. So these individuals coupled with our older players uh, has really been great to see the transformation and what we expect with our principles and our values. Yeah, that led me to my next point because we live in this era now of the transfer portal and, and so many kids, I, I hate to say it this way, a lot of kids will say, hey, I'm not getting enough playing time or maybe it's not a fit or I want to be closer home, whatever the reason it is. It, there's more access for them to leave. From a coaching perspective, you're trying to build team chemistry. You're trying to build a culture, right? You're trying to get these guys to buy into it, Coach. How much of a challenge is it having to now, your job having to deal with the transfer portal, having guys leave, and having to go in there and try to find the right guy, and you have to do it quickly. It's not like your typical recruiting cycle. You have to go, okay, is this a guy a good fit? What's he bring to the table? How much of a challenge has that been? Well, that's a great point and a great question, and it is a challenge. And, you know, we love to build programs, but, you know, what kind of forces you with the transfer portal is you're almost building teams year in and year out. You're not building programs, but you have to have a core about yourself. you got to have some core components. And then when you bring individuals, older individuals, into your program, you got to make sure there are some leadership, there's some character qualities there from a competitive character from an overall character standpoint we've been able to do that uh, but we did our due diligence and I think sometimes too you have to have the, the you know the ability to walk away if it's not going to bring value in the locker room to your program so we're excited about the players that we have but it does it makes it extremely challenging in building a football program because of the portal but it can also help you like I think we've really benefited from the portal and uh, you know every individual in there has a different reason why uh, but again I think it's really helped us in building this program right now. Arkansas State head coach Butch Jones joins us here on RP3 and Company as we broadcast live from Radio Row day two of Sunbelt Conference Media Days. East Division was yesterday, West Division is today. Coach, uh, you're entering your second season, and the conference has already changed. <laughs> well, once again, this, this is the era that we live in, this constant reshuffling. But what do you make of what Commissioner Gill and the conference has done? It sure does feel like it's already made a very good conference, even stronger, especially with the talent level in here. And another thing, it feels very regional, which yes. in this era of realignment I think has been forgotten, but not with the Sun Belt. No question. It's really been remarkable what Commissioner Gill has been able to do. And when you add the four institutions that we've added, uh, you know, you look at the competitive depth. And I think that's where you really judge a conference is what type of competitive depth do they have. And if you really look at from top to bottom in the Sun Belt, I don't care if you're talking group of five, power of five, however you want to term it. I think it's one of the most competitive, most complete conferences in the country. Great vision of adding the four institutions. And it's just different when you come in here. It, it, there's a respect. Um, and I think there's a lot that goes into it because you just nailed it. It's also regionally focused. So the natural rivalries that exist. And I think there is something to be said about, like you mentioned, every time Louisiana and Arkansas State play, our players know each other. They know what the game's going to be in store for. I think there's something to be said about that within a conference as well. Wrap it up with this, Coach. When your team takes the field for the season opener against Grambling, they're at home in Jonesboro, what can the fans, not only of your team, but fans of this, of this conference, expect to see from your team that day, and what can they expect to see for your team this coming season? 
Well, I, I hope they see a lot of energy and enthusiasm, uh, discipline, details to execute, individuals that play together as a football team, very disciplined, very detailed, very fundamentally sound. Coach, appreciate your time, brother. I know you're busy. Thank you so much. Good Thank luck you. to you and your team this coming season. Thank you for making the time. Thank you. That's Butch Jones, man in charge of the Arkansas State Red Wolves entering year two. He's looking to take that program to the next level, looking to build something, lay a foundation for future success. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company from Radio Row here in New Orleans for Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days. Coming up, our sixth and final interview of today's show, Will Hall, former Raging Cajun offensive coordinator, quarterback guru, current Southern Miss head coach, is going to be joining us here live on Radio Row. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time for us to head back down to the Big Easy for more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. to RP3 and company as we broadcast live from Radio Row here for Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days in New Orleans. We've had a tremendous show for you so far. We've talked to five coaches. Number six is on his way. That's the former Raging Cajun coordinator turned Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall will help us close out today's show. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But while we have a few moments here, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors once again. Without them, we wouldn't be able to make this happen for all of you back home there in Acadiana and in Lake Charles. Next home, Cunning Edge Realty. They're going to start you on your path to owning your next home. And the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. <clears throat> thank them for being sponsors for our coverage here, not only for yours truly, RP3 and company, but also Kevin Foote in footnotes and crunch time with Miguez and Mesh as we close out our second day here. And joining us now on Radio Rose, a man many of you, well, you should be pretty familiar with. He was an assistant coach, coordinator for the Raging Cajuns football program. He's now entering year two as the head football coach of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Joining us now is Coach Will Hall. Coach, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Excited to be in the Sun Belt. And, uh, you know, great days are coming. But coaching career leads you to Lafayette, leads you to New Orleans. You go and get your head coaching opportunity once again in Hattiesburg, and then you find yourself back in Louisiana again playing Louisiana teams. You just, you just can't escape the Bayou State, brother. Yeah, I know it, man. We love it. You know, fortunately for us, we loved it. My wife and I, we loved our time in uh, in Lafayette. We lived out in Youngsville, and uh, kids went to Green Tea Linden, and great memories there. And, then, of course, we love living in New Orleans for our time here. And uh, kids went to John Curtis and had, had great memories at both places. And, 
And, uh, you know, excited about being in the same league. It just makes a lot of sense. You know, it's a common sense approach to things that – and common sense doesn't always win out in college athletics, you know, but it has no. this time. No, it doesn't. I think all the fan bases are really excited about it because, you know, when, when our fans wake up on a Tuesday, you know, when Southern Miss fans say, oh, we're playing – UL this week and UL fans say, oh, we're playing Southern Miss. Like, they know what that is. They know where those schools are. They have an instant recollection of some game from their past, and it just means something. And, and that's the way college football should be. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that because it was very much the vision and in, in an initiative by the conference and by the commissioner to go, okay, we're not going to do a lot of what these other conferences are doing where we're just going to randomly and desperately get teams to join. It's very much, okay, who fits in our footprint? How can we keep our states connected? How can those fan bases be able to travel to games? How can those travel expenses be reduced, not only for football, but for baseball, softball, basketball, for those universities? And here you are, you add four teams, including yourself, your program to the conference, but there's all these regional rivalries, as you talked about, and everything is connected. And a conference that was already pretty strong now absolutely is probably the strongest conference group of five conference in the country yeah i think so i think uh you know what, what i've said since we joined this league going around and uh you know meeting people and explain it to our alumni bases it's just a it's a league with a with a great vision and a very detailed plan to get to it they knew what they wanted the league to look like and and they took great steps to make it happen everybody in the league really cares about athletics uh speaking from my point of view everybody has great football history and tradition and like you said, it's geographically it makes sense. So uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, kudos to, to Commissioner Gill and everybody involved in it to not being afraid to go away from the trend right now. And that's usually when great things happen, right, when somebody's willing and has the courage to go away from the trend and do something yep. that makes a whole lot of sense. And and certainly this Sunbelt Conference being formed does. Let's go back last year. Obviously uh, a, a rough season. Uh, yep. it, it, it hurts you when you have – you were using multiple guys at quarterback position trying to find something that worked for you. Uh, what was your biggest challenge last year, Coach, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, so the biggest challenge we had coming in, we were coming into a program that had been trending downward for some time, and, and sure. uh, we had the COVID situation. The portal had opened up. There was a coaching change. So we inherited a program where – uh, you know, due to how the roster was handled in previous years, we could only sign 13 players. And because of all the attrition through everything, we ended up playing a football season with only 62 scholarship players, Ooh. which is really hard to do, right? There's 85 in college football. So we're, what, I, what I tell, you know, people when I speak is we were kind of like a 3A school playing a 6A schedule. It wasn't that we didn't have good players. We just didn't have enough of them to, to play a bona fide full college football season. So it wasn't a lot of fun. I think it was necessary because we had to kind of have a purge, if you will, and, and, and blow the thing up and, and re, relay a foundation, which we've done. Going into year two now, we feel a whole lot better about where we're at. We will be at 85 scholarships. We've had two really good recruiting classes. So we feel like we've laid a great foundation for our future. We're not a finished product in any way, but we, we feel like we're going to be a whole lot better and be a, be a much improved outfit. We're talking with Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall. He joins us here on Radio Row for Sunbelt Conference Media Days as we broadcast live from New Orleans. Coach, let's talk a little bit about this year's team. What's going to be the biggest difference? What are the folks going to be able to see uh, when they see your team take the field this year as compared to last year? 
Well, one thing we were proud of last year is that, you know, Southern Miss is known for the nasty bunch. You know, our defensive slogan, we've played great defense for a long time. Uh, our defense last year in 11 games only gave up 23 touchdowns, which was a great uh, first year to get started. That's pretty dang good defense, you know. And so we've got our whole secondary back. Our linebackers are back for the most part. We had a great D-line recruiting class. So we think we're going to play pretty good defense. What we're excited about is we think now we're going to get back to playing good offense. You know, uh, I've had some really good offenses through my years at a lot of places. We were not able to do that last year for a lot of reasons. And, uh, we, you know, through two recruiting classes, we've got a young quarterback named Ty Keys. It's got a bright, bright future. And uh, we feel good about getting our offense back going and being much improved on that side of the ball. So offense is going to keep going. What kind of style are you going to run? What kind of system are you going to run? Yeah, you know, we've always tried to be a, a very NFL-style multiple right. uh, tight ends. We will use some tempo, and then we want to build it around our quarterback. And, and Ty's a young man that can run and throw, so we'll use him in the run game when we need to. And uh, we want to be balanced. Uh, I'm a guy that's always believed that you have to establish the run, uh, you know, if you're going to win and put a ring on your finger. So we're, we're going to try to find a way to do that and then create explosive plays off of it. Defensive side of the football, what can we expect to see and what's going to be kind of the mentality? You mentioned nastiness. Well, what, what can we expect to see and who are some of the playmakers on that side of the football? Yeah, well, you know, Lafayette fans will recognize, you know, us on, us on defense because I, my defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, a uh, young guy, brilliant coach, he was my GA when I was there at 17, and then he was actually under Ron Roberts. Uh, when 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 they got you know when Coach Napier and them got it going and then uh, him and Patrick Tony are dear friends and Patrick's done a phenomenal job as a D coordinator at at UL the last few years so uh, we'll look a lot like you know what UL's looked like over the past few years under Patrick Tony and Ron Roberts very similar in style very similar schematically uh, like I said our secondary's back we got some really good players back there. Our linebackers, for the most part, are back. We're very experienced. And then we got some really talented D linemen coming in through the portal. So we think we, we think we should be able to play some good defense. Coach, when you take over a program like you did and, and it was trending downward, like you said, and they, they had some rough years, and you're trying to establish something, it's always a challenge. It's always a transition year and sometimes even a couple years to kind of get things going in the right direction. Do you feel like – you guys are close and you feel like this season is going to be kind of maybe a breakthrough season where you guys take that next step to continue building what you want to build? Well, we hope so. You know, what we've said from the moment we got here is if you look through the course of time in football, three straight recruiting classes stacked on top of each other is how you build a program. That's right. And, you know, we're, we're two classes in right now. We're in the middle of our third. So we feel really good about those two classes. It was the number one group of five uh, portal class in America. You know, so uh, we're going to be much more talented. Now we're still going to be a little young. We've not arrived yet. But if we can finish off this third recruiting class right here, that'll be our third class stacked. And we'll think, you know, at that point our program will be in place and we'll be ready to take off. Hopefully we can have a breakthrough year this year, but we're not going to take any shortcuts. Uh, we're not going to break our values. Uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing every day. We're going to be a young football team, but we are going to be a talented team, and uh, hopefully we can do the things it takes to win. I'm going to talk about that schedule. Liberty, which you get at home, which is going to be that, – that's going to be exciting. Obviously, yep. Hugh Freeze yep. and what he's been able to do there. Then you're going to make that trip down to Miami, 
everyone's expecting Miami to be kind of revamped, different with the new head coach there in place. Then a couple of in-state schools to wrap up your non-conference schedule early, Northwestern State, Tulane. Um, just talk a little bit about putting that schedule together and, and, you know, is that going to help prepare your team for a conference slate that's going to include Troy, Arc State, Texas State, Louisiana, Georgia State, Coastal, South Isle, and then, of course, ULM? I think so. You know, I think Liberty, when you look at Liberty and Tulane, those are the type of, you know, non-autonomous group of five games that, that we want to play. Tulane being a regional game, uh, they've been to a bowl game three out of the last four years. They've built a great program there under Willie Fritz in the American Conference. And then uh, Liberty, you know, you could argue has been, you know, one of the top non-autonomous programs in the country in the last few years. They won ten games two years ago. Uh, Coach Freeze has done a great job. This will be year four for him. So uh, that'll be a huge opener for us. If we could win that game, you know, that would be a great step in the right direction for our program. And then going to Miami, that's a big name game. You know, usually you got to play one to two of those a year at our level, and that's ours this year. So we'll go down there and try to put our best foot forward and represent the Sun Belt in the right way. So I think uh, it's a great slate. I think it's a fair slate. And, uh, you know, hopefully it gets us ready for what is going to be a really – Really competitive Sun Belt West, in my opinion, I think. I think you got a lot of really good coaches on this side that are, you know, established and uh, some really good programs that care a lot about football. And so we're excited about it. I think we're a team that's going to get better as the year goes on because we are so young. I think, you know, we'll see improvement as the year goes on, and uh, we're excited about it. I want to talk to you about that Thursday game against the Raging Cages. Yeah. Lots of buzz about that because – that's an old rivalry that's going to be able to be played every year now. And for old school Raging Cajun fans, they love that rivalry. Back in the day when it was Brian Mitchell and Brett Favre were part of it, those are some big, iconic names. Um, it's Thursday night, and, and that rivalry is going to be nationally televised, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to have kind of the night to its, to its own. How exciting is that, having the old rival and you get to such like a prime time, time slot as well? Yeah, I think it's awesome. You know, I mean, that's what this league is all about. That's what you're going to get every week in this league is games like that. And uh, we got great respect for UL. You know, I've got – I think the world of Mike Desimo, he and I are dear friends. We've worked together for a year. Our wives are friends. Our, our kids are friends. And um, – you know, maybe at halftime we need to get Jake DeLong and Brett Favre out there and do a punt, <laughs> pass, and kick competition. Add to it, you know. But, there you, uh, go. you know, because it's, it's, it's going to be a great atmosphere. And, uh, like I said, UL's done a phenomenal job. They're, 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 they're kind of the, the you know, they're, they're sitting at the, at the throne right now of the Sun Belt West, they, and they should be. They've earned that right. And I know Mike will do a great job continuing that, and uh, we've got great respect for UL. All right, for all those coming over, because I'll be coming over and some other media folks, but a lot of fans will be making that trip to Hattiesburg because it's not that far away. Uh, wh where do they need to go eat, Coach? Wh yeah. wh what's the recommendation for your, we, your, man, we got a your lot friends of great, in Lafayette? Yeah, we got a lot of great places in Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg uh, cuisine is very, very Cajun influence, you know, because we're only an hour and a half from New Orleans. And uh, so, you know, Crescent City Grill in the middle of town is going to be uh, very recognizable to you guys. Uh, uh, patio 44 is a great place. Uh, you know, those are two off the top of my head. I wrote those Sully's, down, Coach. Don't worry. Sully's is there also great. There okay, so those are three great recommendations <laughs> for all the people coming up. Uh, th that'll be really good. And I can guarantee you I'll make sure to use these, the recommendations, yeah. brother. They're, 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 they're not going to go to waste. Coach, it's always great catching up with yep. you, brother. Thank you so much for your time. 
Uh, best of luck to you and the team this coming season. Thank you so much, bud. Thanks so much for having me. We're excited about being in the Sun Belt. That's Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall joining us here on RP3 and Company. We got to take our final break of the day, our final timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. We'll finalize that poll question of the day, which is our foodie poll question of the week. That's all going to be coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time for us to head back down to the Big Easy for more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company as we close out shop here on Sunbelt Conference Media Days, day number two. Whew. Great way to wrap things up. I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests of Coach Coach Dez with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns kicking things off for us. And our number two, Terry Bowden from ULM, Kane Womack from South Alabama, Texas State's Jake Spavala. He joined us as well. We also had Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall and Butch Jones from Arkansas State. So we appreciate all six coaches' times for coming on. It's busy. There seems to be a lot. There seems to be an uptick of people here on day number two compared to day number one. Once again, they split it up by divisions. East on Tuesday, west on today. So there does seem to be a, a far more activity on Radio Row and far more activity in the main hall as we'll get started here in about another 30 minutes, 40 minutes or so as they start conducting the interviews on the main podium here for Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days. want to take a moment to thank our sponsors once again. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Next Home Cutting Edge Realty. They will start you on your path to owning your next home in the wetlands. Lafayette's premier public golf course, 18 holes of fun, trust me. It is a great time out there. Once again, thanks to Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands for serving as our sponsors for not only RP3 and Company, but for Kevin Foote and Footnotes and Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Foot is coming up next. He's going to have Coach Des. He's going to have the players on, and he's going to have the commissioner, Keith Guild, joining him this morning. So you got to make sure to stay tuned for that. We did have our poll question of the day, which was our foodie poll question of the week, and it's New Orleans-inspired, of course, since we're down here in the Big Easy. What's your favorite signature New Orleans dish? 46% of you say beignets, 24% say mufalada, 19% say others, and 11% of you say bananas foster. Lots of great additional comments here. Crawfish Etouffee has been mentioned by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. Darren, I got to give him a shout out. He says, a chicken spot ducked off behind Canal Street that never closes. I think it's behind Walgreens. By like 12 or 1 o'clock or even later at night and everything is closed, you need to get something to eat. That's the only place that's open and the chicken is awesome. D, you should have told us that before we came down. I would have went there the other night. That is a great recommendation. I'm going to put that in my back pocket for later. Of course, lots of votes for barbecue shrimp. Of course, jambalaya, etouffee, shrimp and grits, and more. Y'all came out and voted and left plenty, plenty of comments and gifts and, and memes on 
the timeline. So we appreciate all of you who voted on our poll question of the day and all who left their comments on Facebook and Twitter. Well, that's going to do it for us today. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parser Third, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow live back in the studio in Upper Lafayette from 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <laughs>